Aloha, everybody. Welcome back to the Wall Street Coach Podcast. I'm so excited for today's two guests. I have Shane Dorian. This is my fifth podcast with Shane. He's a good friend of his podcast. He's co-hosted with me a number of times. And Shane, if you want to check him out, you can check him out in episode 43 uh, and also episode 61. And he just did a Twitter X space with me about five months ago about the passing of William O'Neill with a bunch of IPD people. And that was an amazing, amazing conversation. I also just want to share with you guys that Shane uh, has been trading for uh, quite a long time. He actually started when he was about 24 years old, and he has so much wisdom and so much knowledge, and he's going to drop a lot of gems in this episode today. But we're also joined with Ryan Miller, who is one of the most incredible photographers uh, out there. He is a professional surfer photographer and has been as well for a couple of decades. And his incredible journey as a trader and an investor is also just fascinating. Um, Ryan talks about how he won their friendly competition this year. And I think you'll walk away from this interview really seeing the importance of having a trading community, a trading tribe. You can find the both of them on Instagram. You can find Ryan under bad boy, R-Y-R-Y underscore, and Shane Dorian. Uh, his name will find him on Instagram too. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. They both have very different trading styles, but again, such an advocacy, what they've done with the small tribe of surfers and surfer adjacent traders is quite inspiring. I hope you get so much out of it. Good morning. Morning. Hi, Kim. So this is a conversation that is ultimately going to be hopefully in service to spreading this methodology or tribe mentality that you guys both have. I'm going to talk about your formal bios in a minute, but ultimately those listening, part of the reason I have both of them here, besides them both being terrific traders and incredible watermen, is that I really feel what they're up to with this collection of other uh, traders is so inspiring. And that's what I hope it encourages everybody listening to do. So first off, before I give your formal bios, just tell us a little bit about how you guys came together in the first place by way of this trading tribe. It just sort of, it wasn't like really organized, Kim, but it was essentially like we've all known each other. So Ryan is a film, a, a photographer. So he, he documents a lot of surfing. He's one of the He's one of the very top kind of surf photographers has been for a very long time. So I've worked with him over the years because I'm a pro surfer and he's a surf photographer. So he has a really good relationship with a lot of top surfers. Then over time, we just started talking about investing. Um, and then, you know, just sort of like things we have in common and stocks that we like and the stock market in general. Um, and then, yeah, over time, we just started, we just started nerding out more and more and more about stocks. And then we kind of like distilled our little friend or our big friend group down into people who are interested in learning more about the stock market. And then so we just put all of us on a text thread together. We started talking about stocks oh. and started like sharing ideas and talking about stocks just with the hopes of like learning, learning a little bit more and accelerating our learning curve. Or like we would have all these conversations individually. Like I remember having all these co same conversations a decade ago with 
some of the younger guys of like, you know, the basic questions of like, yeah. what's a mortgage? What's a this? What's a that? How's this? How's a rental work? How's this? How's these stocks work? And um, yeah, it was kind of nice because we're kind of like half older guys and like half younger guys. Great. And, um, and they have this crazy knowledge that like we don't have that like the younger kids have. And then we yeah. have like knowledge of like, you know, having, you know, way longer term positions in stocks or like having turned over multiple real estate deals over time or something like this. And they're like, oh, okay. And they could come to us for those questions. Um, but kind of to rewind a second to how we kind of got started, it was kind of loose in the beginning, mm-hmm. maybe like four years ago, five years ago, it couldn't go in like five years, but maybe like three or four years ago, we really like tightened it down into like, okay, let's make sure like the contest is really tight and everyone's real serious. And we have like good, like bookkeeping. And I'm kind of the accountant nerd mm-hmm. and like spreadsheets and the charts for the everyone. And um, yeah, and we kind of buckled down over COVID when everyone was home and we weren't really um, seeing each other on the road anymore. And we really kind of got serious then. And obviously the stock market was anything, everything everyone wanted to talk about. And we kind of, yeah, we got real, got real pointy at that point in time. And it's been going strong ever since. It's been great. That makes total sense. And, you know, I, I think part of the challenge that I see so many traders up against is the uh, isolation that trading really creates often for them. And if they don't have that tribe of support, if they don't have that sense of encouragement, it just becomes a much more uphill climb. And that's part of what, you know, I saw uh, the pictures on Instagram of you winning this past year, Ryan. I know that, uh, you know, uh, what is what is the tournament trophy that you got? And I remember yeah, Shane had won it last year. Oh, you have it? Oh, next so to my desk. I'm and so at, home, at home, I keep. I have yeah, another you one. Put it in front of me. You can see exactly what it says. I think because I'm you know, put it on black. the black. Shirt. Losers, losers take profits. That's right. That's the name of our. That's the name of our group, which is kind of an inside joke because it's obviously it's um, ironic, right? Yes. Um, anyway, I um I'll I'll interject Kim and take you yeah. back really quick just to button that up. But yeah, started kind of like talking about stocks with with some younger kids that were really interested in it and then because ryan and i are much older than the rest of the guys we just kind of became like the de facto sort of leaders of the group as far as like we've had we have a lot more experience in the market and investing over time and so it was just like a learning opportunity for all of us but especially some of the younger guys who are new to it and so we started our little group thread and then for fun we said oh we should probably start it and then we should have like a, an account that we all start to get. Each one of us starts our own accounts, like on Robinhood. So it's easy to track. And then we can start like a friendly competition. So we can track our trades. And at the, at the, basically our rules is our, our, our basic rules are um, we start on January 1st mm-hmm. and you can't add or subtract any funds because it messes up our percentage. And it's basically, we just track it. So on the last trading day of each month, we have to screenshot our performance of the month and our year-to-date performance. And then we pick a, a, a date at the end of the year n- near the very end to finish. And then we have a celebration dinner where we celebrate the winner, get a trophy. And then the 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 the, the guys who, the two that ha- are the worst performers have to like buy dinner. So we go to a really killer sushi dinner and it's just a lot of fun. And it's just... <clears throat> You know, it's like a friendly competition and it's and it's fun, but we kind of talk trash all year and have a good time doing it. 
But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it's just, the whole point is to just like to come together as a as a as a group of friends and and bond over the stock market and um and yeah, just hopefully get better faster. Aren't there pajamas with the face of the winner required as well? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The dead set loser has to oh. order custom pajamas with the winner's face on them and then wear them all year. <laughs> that's that's what I want to see right when your pajamas are ready to go. You're going to be coming pretty soon, I think. Okay, They're good. I'd like to, see, like to see those. He has a big funny mustache in his photo for, <laughs> for the pajamas this year. So the guy who got last also got last last year. Oh, and, no. Poor and God. so all year he was he was a good sport though. Like he was in first class on a on a flight that he got upgraded on and he was wearing full pajamas of my face because I had won last year. Um oh my God. like my face all over his pajamas with like his champagne. And it's just it's a lot of fun. So yeah. super good to worry about it. I think that's part of what I'd love to just have you guys talk about as you go through the year, as you yourselves have a drawdown or something that goes curve-shaped, or you see your colleagues have that happen, what and how do you guys interact with each other to encourage one another to find encouragement yourself? Do you feel that you're vulnerable with one another because you've all been in this collective for so long, not just with trading, but because you've been a part of each other's lives for so long? I think it's super interesting the fact that like a lot of, you know, if you're in like trading community or, you know, financial Twitter, a lot of guys talk about finance all the time, all day long, but that's not how the real world works. Like people think speaking about finance is this crazy taboo subject. And um, I find that like so disheartening because like I talk with my neighbors at home and they're like so skittish about understanding how anything works like and, they, and their knowledge base is so small. Yeah. But um, yeah, I just like I really like the fact of normalizing speaking about finance to your friends and your neighbors is so yeah. helpful yeah. to just talk about anything and just open the door and like, hey, this is normal to speak about these things. Mm -hmm. Um and that I think is almost the main goal over anything is mm -hmm. to like normalize speaking about finance and like, you know, talk about it a little bit on Instagram. And I have people in my DMs like asking me, like, hey, like you know, I'm super interested in this, but like, I'm, and I was embarrassed to say anything. And I was yeah, like, Oh, exactly. like you can talk to your friends or, you know, you can, people don't even know like what a broth IRA is. They don't even know what an account is. And they're afraid to ask anybody because they don't want to ask foolish. And they say the stats are that people will talk about politics and sex way before they'll even talk about money. It is the truly last taboo topic because of the shame involved at thinking that they already should know. And I'm really glad to hear that that just sounds like your motive is to encourage these conversations across the board because they're so important, so important. It's interesting in our group, Kim, because, you know, it's it's kind of an eclectic group. How many are there? Nine of us, maybe? I think about what are nine. The, what are the age ranges, just to have a sense? Um, The yeah. youngest is like early 20s, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm mid late, like, late 20s to 52 ish yeah over in there okay. i'm 51 so i'd be the oldest okay um brian's in his 40s and then we have a few guys in their 30s and then a few guys in their 20s yeah and then kelly and ross are 52 each <laughs> oh yeah that's right so there's a few there's a couple other guys um like half that are, half. That are right half. around 50. 
Okay. And do you guys all have different trading styles? Let's talk about the styles and also both of your styles of trading. Wildly different across wow, the different. board. Good. Yeah. Ryan, tell me your style. I couldn't be any different than Shane. <laughs> and I use Shane as an example when people ask me like, you know, it's, I don't think there's really dumb questions. There's just dumb answers. But when people ask me like real simple questions, like, what yeah. stock should I buy? And I'm like, I don't know. I'd have four jets by now if I knew what <laughs> stock to buy. But I always I always boil it down to, um, I go, hey, listen, you should buy the stocks that you sleep well at night with. Yeah. So Jane, you know, trades um, like Bill O'Neill style. And mm -hmm. I trade, I try to identify good companies that will be great in a decade or two decades from now. And I buy and hold them. And I will sit through the craziest drawdowns ever, or I'll watch the companies go to zero. And I sleep super well at night where Shane, the guy would jump off a cliff if he saw a crazy drawdown that I had. And, um, and same with me. Like if I traded like a Bill O'Neill style trading, I don't sleep well at night. I've tried, I've done it before. And I actually mm -hmm. traded my Condis account this year like that. And dude, there was times where I had to delete the app because I couldn't sleep. I was so freaked out. So um, yeah, I'm way more like buy and hold guy for a decade or two or three. And I watch plenty of companies go to zero. But then I watch plenty of companies go 10, 20, 100x. Um, not plenty go 100x, only one. Um, Who is yeah, that? So Apple. So I couldn't be any more different than Shane. And then sometimes we arrive at the same place. Mm-hmm. Super weird. Sure. Yeah, there's some there's a bit of overlap with our with our kind of like our our thesis really. Um, mm -hmm. Like I'm not just a I'm not like a technical trader like exclusively. I don't just just trade technical setups. I I trade based on I I identify companies based on fundamentals mm -hmm. and companies that I really want to buy and own, and then I kind of trade them a lot shorter term than than Ryan normally does. His is interesting because because of the nature of our competition, it's based on one year increments, right? So that's a very short time frame for Miller for Orion. Um, and so he like last year he won, totally not handling his account like he normally would. So he was literally trading, which is he's not really a trader. I wouldn't say Ryan's really a trader in his normal account. He like buys and holds. He I, I identifies. His, so his, his, I, like if I was going to categorize Ryan and break it down, his strengths are his ability to identify really big winning companies for the future and like to have a long runway macro mm -hmm. trends kind of headed all in that direction and identifying it and, and having, having, having the, the balls to like take a big position and then he has a crazy strong stomach and a really long time horizon. So if something has a horrible drawdown or we're in a horrible bear market, mm -hmm. he's able to sleep at night, like he said, and that is a real strength. And it's super important to know for people who are newer to trading or investing that you kind of have to figure out your investing style according to your personality, what works for your uncle or your dad or your best yeah. friend or some trader that you see on YouTube maybe totally the opposite that what works for you. So you yeah. kind of just have to figure out your style. I, I think it's so important what you're saying, but what I'm finding so fascinating about the both of you having such different styles and yet, you know, 
Shane, you're a big wave surfer, like the most dangerous kind of surfing there is. And Ryan, you are out of the ocean trying to get the perfect photograph of these big waves of surfers in general. So you both are in such a kind of risky uh, day-to-day job. And yet then you both come into your trading different, which is fascinating to me. But again, even further evidence of how important it is to self-reflect and figure out what helps you sleep at night. And yet you both sleep at night with different trading pieces. So that's amazing yeah. to me. Just talk a little bit about that. Like just as a photographer, I imagine, Ryan, it's all about patience, right? You you had one of your posts on Instagram with you being out in the water for like six hours waiting for the perfect shot. That's probably not even as long as you've waited for some perfect shots. Do you feel what and how you've developed over the past, you know, 25 years as a photographer informs how you treat? I kind of, I just boil it down to like this crazy basic calculus of like, you know, if I can be right once and I can go 10 X with one company, then the other nine can get completely erased. Like whatever, maybe some of them go to go down 50%. Um, but if the other nine go to zero, I'm still at break even. Yeah. So like, I just look at the real basic calculus of like, Oh, if I buy five positions and one goes 10 X and the other four go to zero, that was a double um, over that. 10 years or five years or whatever that time horizon was. So I just kind of go like, for, okay, whole account. for my whole account. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I can, I can definitely stomach plenty going to zero. If I just have one of those few um, goes pretty good. How long have you been investing for? Um, so I was 17 and I got paper stock certificates at the bank. My grandma took me in and, um, I wanted, I had the thesis right. I wanted to buy the internet in 1997. So I bought AOL and um, that company went to zero. And I I was right. The internet was spot on, but I bought the wrong company. Um, yeah, 17 years old. I don't know how I got, got excited then. And yeah, I've kind of been um, investing ever since, um, since 17 and either, you know, the market or real estate or whatever. Yep. Really yep. Enjoy. I see. Sort of started investing with like a like a financial advisor in like yeah. kind of 1995, 96. So like asset allocation type program with like money yeah. managers, like yeah. your typical like Morgan Stanley type of deal. How old were you um, then? I think I was like 24, 25-ish. Mm-hmm. And then I bought my first stock personally in 2003, 2000 and, yeah, 2003. And my first stock, I think I told this story on your show before. Yeah. My, yeah. So, so I bought, so um, me and Ryan, we travel around the world. And at that time I was on the world tour. So every two weeks I was basically in a different country mm-hmm. at a different event with the same group of friends. And, you know, back then there was no internet, yeah. there were no, there was no Spotify, there was no streaming music or streaming Netflix. So like our only source of entertainment was CDs with music. Literally, there was no audio books, nothing. So I used to travel with a backpack full of all my, all my CDs, literally like probably 10 to 12 pounds of music in my backpack. And then one summer I was at the U S open surfing event in Huntington beach and Apple 
dropped their brand new iPod. It was like that big, heavy, white, the one with the click wheel. Yep. Love to still have one. And I bought it and my, all my best friends that I was traveling with was about eight of us that were all about to go to France. We all bought it (laughs) in the same two day period. And then we all went to France. And by the third day in France, I had all of my friends music and Mm -hmm. all of my music in my backpack on my iPod. And I just went, my whole backpack full of CDs is firewood. Like that's literally pointless. And I was just having this epiphany, like hundreds of millions of people are going to happen. Like this is going to happen to hundreds of millions of people in the next couple of months. Yeah. And so I call, I had never bought a stock. I called my financial advisor, Taylor, and I, I had money saved up at the time. I think I had about $5,000 at the time saved up. And I, and um, that was cash. I wasn't doing anything with. And I said, Hey, Taylor, I want to put that $5,000 into Apple stock. And so I bought it that day. Um, mm-hmm. and that started doing really well. And then about a year later, I bought Starbucks in 2004 and between those two stocks in about three years, they were both up three to 400%. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know anything about trading. I just knew about buying good companies. Like that's how I, how I started really similar to what Miller does. Um, just like identifying great companies, buying them and holding them for the long term. And then I started during that time, I couldn't believe my account. I couldn't believe the stocks were doing what they did. I was like keeping track of them and they just, it was a bull market. They were two of the best stocks in the market, luckily. And they just marched higher. And I couldn't believe that my st- my account was like tripling and quadrupling um, with just some thinking. And that was it. Yeah. So I yeah. became obsessed and fascinated by the whole situation. And then I started like reading and that's when I found the Bill O'Neill and that whole CanSlim system with IBD and that. And so, um, and then, so yeah, I just, I just became really into becoming a sort of a, a position trader of growth stocks. Yeah. And it's when I think back to what you just said, Ryan, about thinking I want to invest in the internet, I, it feels like both of you were just really thinking about the big picture uh, at the time, respective, you know, 24, 17 years old. Do you feel that that is perhaps an invitation to those who, most of the people that watch my podcast are already traders, but do you think for those who may be I, I'm always advocating traders think about becoming investors as well. I find a lot of times day traders aren't necessarily focused on investing, but I think they should be doing both. Do you feel that that fascination just with the world at large and paying attention to the big picture uh, is just going to benefit you, whether you're a trader or an investor? I think it's nuts. Like when the younger kids on tour come and ask me about um, investing, Um, I tell them all the time, I go, Hey, listen, you have this crazy advantage that no one else has you. You're 20 years old. Like you're the tip of the spear for fashion and technology. And you're in Japan one week and South Africa, the next week and New York city, the week after that. And I go, it's crazy that this, the same person that's 20 years old that lives in Ohio and works at McDonald's, they don't see one one thousandth of what you see in this world i go just use that as an advantage look around and you you're seeing these trends crazy early before other people are like i can't tell you what stock to buy i have no idea um but you have this crazy knowledge that you're seeing things happen way before the world sees it so 
yeah. do that. Like yeah. look, find these trends before they happen and um, buy that. Like, and that's a- what you both did. That you both, I don't think you guys were looking for the, the trade. You were just looking at the world transforming before your eyes. And that kind of elicited this thought process of like, wait a minute, something's going to make that happen. Something's going to birth that into the future, be the internet or, you know, music, portable music, so to speak. What, what do you guys do to encourage each other? I'm sure if it's a thread, uh, there's a lot of, you know, making fun of each other and, you know, just horsing around. But like when somebody's truly, you know, been knocked down and out or is like, this is not for me or really kind of frightened, is there something each of you lean into for yourselves and then to with one another? You know, that's a that's a really tricky one. Kim, because you know how guys are, we talk a lot of shit and we yeah. tease each other, like you said, and kind of make fun of each other all the time that and that we're super close now, our, yeah. our friend group. So we're mostly like horsing around and giving each other a hard time. And when someone's down on the month, everybody like, kind of, sometimes we make fun of each other, you know what I mean? Because yeah. it is because that's the nature of how guys are, right. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, it's, I feel like, especially well, it's a kind of like, there's a bunch of, there's, it's, it's a complex su- subject, but men are really tied to our egos and our pride. And sure. the biggest thing for men and their pride is probably financial, like yeah, their, their ability to make money and provide yeah, and do sure. well financially is like really attached to our egos and our pride. Yeah. And so when we do poorly and we, and we have really bad performance, it can really mess up our psychological state and our mindset in life and lead to depression and, and worse. Um, so like, you know, we, we have guys in our, in our, in our group that have blown themselves up multiple times. And it is like, there's some funny bits about that, but, but at the root of it, you gotta be really careful because you want to like buoy those people up and encourage them to make some adjustments in their trading styles and in their investment styles and kind of like get to a healthy place in their, in their mind to where they can, become a better trader, but also like have a, a much better psychology Yes, because it is, it's um, when you do that over and over, you blow yourself up, blow, blow your account up um, over and over. It, it can, le- it can lead to like a dark place mentally. It really can. For sure. Um, I'm sure you've dealt with that a lot as a coach, but, but we try to buoy each other up and I try to really keep things positive and, and try mm-hmm. to like encourage people in our group who are struggling in their trading whether it's on a month to month basis or at the end of the year to like make those adjustments, like learn your lessons, like, yep. like try to identify patterns that aren't working and, and really take a hard look at your trading, do post analysis yep. and figure out what's working and what's not. Yep. And ask yourself the hard questions and really peel it back and be transparent about your problems. Um, and that's, that's what we're here for. We're here to help each other, you know, and I really yep. try to reach out to everybody in our group of like, Hey, like I don't, know everything about trading that's for sure but i've been doing it for a long time and made a ton of mistakes and if there's ever you know a time that you need to reach out and vent or you want to go over your trades or whatever like i'm here i'm not here to do that you know that's great that's awesome i think just having people that understand trading is just a huge leg up and that is part of the isolation for those that don't have a tribe is they can't really talk about it with their significant other or their friends because it's without having the context it's it's hard for people to get it or understand ryan what's your response to my question 
I was going to say, we had a guy, pretty more specific example. We had a guy that kind of blew up his account at the end of the year last year, and he was super bummed. I just laid out some crazy specific answers, like just stats. I went and pulled all of my um, tax lots from all my biggest winners that I still have now. Wow. And I go, hey, listen, you're 28 or 26. Like I was buying, I bought this at 26, this at 28, this at 32, this at 38. And like, they've all gone 10X or whatever, 100X. Um, and I go, dude, time is your friend. Like you do not have to get rich tomorrow. You're so young. You have this crazy runway. And I think he was in this mindset of just like, go, 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 go. Now, 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 now. Yeah. It's like, no, no, no. Like, look at me. Like you see the life that I live or Shane lives or whatever. Like you have this huge runway. You don't have to do it today or tomorrow. Like yeah. I was buying the... I don't, I think sometimes when you're younger, you maybe don't see the, like an opportunity for a yeah. 10X or a hundred X. Yeah. And, um, and I was like, whoa, whoa, wait, just wait. I did it when I was that age. Yeah. You, so, all you have to get to my age, I'm not even that old. So both of you, you know, even with the horsing around, what I hear is that you both find your ways to demonstrate that encouragement. You both find your own style of lifting up those who are in the group that might be in a drawdown or struggling. And that to me is, you know, it, it's gotta be invaluable because those people aren't gonna go anywhere when you have that kind of support and encouragement. When you know your your people have your back, that's gonna help you kind of take take those lumps and just keep going. So that to me is one of the the benefits of having a collective of nine to uh, just, you know, I, you know, I use the term surf all the time, surf the heart to be with emotions, right, Shane? Like surf what is going to be painful and difficult because there's no other way. Around. You can't go around it. You have to go through it. So just for both of you, do you feel that having those who are younger in front of you opens up yourselves to look at your strategies different. And I'm kind of curious if they've given you any feedback about watching the both of you being the older ones of the group, uh, influencing them to, to heed your advice and consider the long, you know, the long runway as opposed to the immediate success. First of all, um, so we've had our, our contest for four years, we st we've started this group about five years. This is our fifth year, but we've had our contest for four years and out of nine people, only two have won. And they're mm -hmm. me and Ryan have wow. won twice. Each. Wow. And so for the younger guys in the group and the, and the guys who are like a little bit newer to it, they look at that and go, okay, that's not just luck. Right. Right. Like it, like it can't be just luck. These guys have right. both won twice out of nine of us. Um, and so they are inspired to like, kind of get it together a little bit more, yeah. like maybe, maybe take it a little bit seriously. And then the really cool thing for them is that they're looking at Ryan, who has a, has his style and it's totally different, mm -hmm. really based on fundamentals strictly, um, not charts and not like that kind of stuff. And like, and then, and then they have me as well to like, look mm -hmm. at and go, this other guy's style is working well as, as well, but it's totally different. And you can kind of see what you can identify with and learn different things from and yeah. kind of figure out what your style is like and what, and like kind of what hits home for you. 
it's really cool because we both provide examples of, of what can work as well. Like, like mm. when I bought Apple, that was way before Ryan bought Apple. And I, I was up like, I, I was up 350% in Apple after a couple of years. And I thought I'd knocked it out of the park. I, I actually absolutely knocked it out of the park. And then I started learning about trading and had I never learned about trading, I never would have sold Apple. And 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 Ryan bought Apple way after me, and he's up six thousand percent in Apple now because he has an iron stomach and is ten 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 thousand percent ten thousand percent. Oh my god! Ryan. Yeah, ten thousand percent in Apple, and he has like five oh other Kim. He has like five other stocks that he's up over a thousand percent on. Like oh my god, he's not exclusively up thousands of percent right. in of course, stock. Of course, of course, he's had a ton of stinkers that didn't work, but yeah. over time he's stuck with his winners. And yeah. so anyway, my, my, my point is that it's really cool in our group because we provide examples of two totally contrasting styles, yeah. but both work and it's, yeah. and, it, and we have some bright young guys in our group that are, that I think are going to become really good investors and really good traders. I so bet. it's really cool. I bet. Right. A lot of the guys, sorry. A lot of the guys are way smarter than me. I learned so much from them, like, especially like young people stuff, like when crypto was super busy and um, they were like so smart and switched on all these things. And I was just like, yeah, wow, I'm, I was learning so much from them. It's not a one-way street at all. Yeah. Not even close. Like yeah, a lot of like younger trends and like, you know, more like tech stuff. These guys are super switched on. Yeah. We ask and a we lot learned, of questions. We learned a ton from them. Great. Yeah, we That's a lot great. Of Have you guys seen Dogecoin, the documentary yet? Uh, or it probably it. has, it's about Doge, Dogecoin, but maybe it's called, this is not financial advice. It's a, oh. it's a good documentary. I haven't watched, no. I watched it's the so G good. I watched it's the GM, G GameStop uh, documentary on the yes, plane. Yes, yes. Yeah, I watched that as well. It's really good. No, it's really good. Yeah, the new, it just came out. It's called, this is not financial advice. And it's documentary about these, you know, young kids that go all in on it. I mean, it's a disheartening movie. It's it's a little upsetting because you can see that that breath of wisdom in some of these young guys is not there. But it's it's definitely a cautionary tale, but an unexpected tale. So yeah, I recommend that if you guys haven't seen it, especially from that, you know, perspective of very young you know, 20 year olds are looking at the world very different than anybody older is. All right. So Ryan, I want to know where does this iron stomach tolerance come from? I don't know where it, I actually have no clue where it comes from. I just, I know I've tried trading before Yeah. and I am, dude, I can't sleep ever. And I can have the craziest drawdowns and sleep just fine. Like, yeah, like we were talking, what's funny is that Shane's earliest you know biggest memory was apple it's the same for me i bought apple in 2005 when it's same thing ipod before the year before the iphone came out i got an ipod i was living in new york city going to school i had no money and i ended up buying an apple computer as an accessory to the ipod and the apple computers were like 2x what the dell computers were and i just went that's an aha moment right there they got me I bought the computer as an accessory to the iPod. I'm going all in and put all my money I had in the Apple at that point in time. And that my cost, my cost basis is like $2 and seven cents. So I'm waiting for Apple to hit $207 here pretty soon. And then I'll tick over into a 10,000%, um, but with all the dividends, I'm way over 10,000%, like cleared that a long time ago. 
but I would love to see the stock price just hit 207 and have that like little trophy in my head of 10,000% for my first one. But yeah, but dude, I've sat through crazy drawdowns. Like I sat through 2008, um, dude, I was down like 75% in that position. And then every other time since then, crazy, crazy drawdowns. And I just sleep super well at night and I feel great. What do you think is that distinction there there's research there's a belief there's an understanding you clearly can lean in on when you can sleep well in the midst of that drawdown just unpack that a little bit it's just i i just know i know for a fact that i'm not smart enough to time the market like i have no Mm -hmm. idea Mm -hmm. and i'm well aware that i'm not that intelligent but i do think that a lot of times I think, right? I don't know. I think Mm -hmm. that my thesis is right um, with these companies. So I look at this time horizon of like, okay, I'm out of Tesla at 2030. That's when I want to be done Um, or at, so, you know, a certain market cap. So I think my thesis is right, but I can't control the ups and downs of the market and quantitative easing and all these macro environment concerns. Um, But I think I'll get there by the time, you know, X date comes around 15 years from now. Mm-hmm. So I just, I extrapolate kind of out into the future. And that's why I um, am able to hold on to that. Cause I don't look, I don't super care what happens today or tomorrow or mm-hmm. yesterday or a year from now. All I'm looking at is 2030. Yeah. So your thought process and your belief in what it is you're going moving towards sounds like that facilitates your ability to trust that process. It's your process. You've used it before. You know what the costs are when you're incorrect. And you know what the benefits are when you are correct. So am I correct that that's what you lean into? Yeah, I just think that um, I think I'm right. And if I'm not, that's okay too. But I think right. And I'm just all I'm looking at is 10 years from now. I'm yeah. not looking at anything day to day. I do. I mean, frick, we live and breathe this yeah, every all day. The first thing I look at on my telephone when I wake up in the morning is the is the market. <laughs> There's a great picture of you. I could say pronounce the place wrong, uh, Taya Opo, where you're out on the ocean trading stocks, and I have yes. <laughs> in a waterproof case with my phone. I saw that picture. The, and I was like, you know, there's a lot of bug. Uh, Finance guys out there always showing picture them with their laptop, you know, in front of a beautiful view. I'm like, this guy, he's in the ocean, <laughs> in like the most dangerous surf spot in the world, and you're trading stocks. This That's so good. Hard, hardcore. All day long. I, I think Kim, one of the one of the things that stands out to me with all this stuff that we talk about is, and and within our group, and just I think it's kind of like it puts an exclamation point on today's kind of like this next generation that mm-hmm. is growing up with these smartphones and the internet and social media, that our our attention span has become so incredibly short that people who get into trading feel like they have to make all these moves and like yeah. they really tend to overestimate what they can achieve in the short term. Yeah, for sure. And they really underestimate how much they can achieve in the long term. And I feel like our generation, especially, I mean, our generation in general, really learned that I think over time with hard work, like 
if yeah. you're able to be super disciplined and work your butt off over the long term, it'll pay off. Like you sacrifice now for a payoff in the future. And Ryan, that's his strength. Like he, <laughs> he tends to know what can be achieved in the long, long term. Yeah. And he's not so worried about the fluctuation day to day or week to week, or even this year. Yeah. He's more like, Hey, like what is Tesla meta Apple, Amazon, you know, these companies going to, we're like, where are they going to be in 2030? Yeah. And not too many people think like that, you know, but yeah, for sure. I mean, if you look back historically, if you had that type of mindset and that kind of vision, it's hard to lose, you know yeah. what I mean? Which is amazing. For sure. for sure. Ryan, I don't think you answered this question earlier. I was asking just your experience. You've been a photographer now for over 24 years. Is that right? Yeah, I've been, I've actually, this is actually only, I've never had another job my whole life. Wow. Uh, I tried to quit surf photography for a little bit and be a documentary photographer. And my wife bullied me back into um, surfing photography because she liked going to the beach too much. So I've never done anything else. I've only been a photographer ever. And um, it's been awesome. Do you feel that the, what's required to succeed in that particular field serves you as a trader? Nope. Not at all. I think I think being a photographer is like crazy, crazy um, hard work because like a lot of it's mm -hmm. really desirable job and kind of anyone can do it. Mm -hmm. um, so what separates you from the pack is like how hard you want to work because there's a lot of guys that are great photographers, but don't want to put the time in maybe. Um, and I know that's what's kind of separated my career is like just being consistent at um, really good at deliverables and emails and being organized and making sure everything's buttoned up super well and you know not scared to stay up till 2 a.m every single mm -hmm. night and get the job done and not go out and party but um yeah i don't know if those i don't not quite sure those that and trading are interlocked for me at all but i can maybe expand on how i ended up this way trading i think almost got forced into it when i was younger we didn't have telephones and we didn't have daily you know, we did have daily, it came on the newspaper, but we didn't have up to the minute, you know, mm -hmm. ding, 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 ding on your phone all day. Yeah. yeah. And I had to log into the internet, which you didn't do all day long. You had to like mm -hmm. log in, dial up, and then um, we had broker's fees. Mm -hmm. So to trade a bunch was expensive. And yeah. um, so I, early on, I got forced into it. And then just like, yeah, maybe acquired a taste for that and or knew that like, hey, I really like, this is how I like to trade once once the internet came and it was, everything was super fast. I had already kind of, um, you know, had those things ingrained in me and yeah. just kept kind of kept going that route. What is uh, one of the photographs or a handful of photographs that you're the most proud of? Dude, none of them. Zero. Uh, the body of work that I'm the most proud of is the people that I've met along the way mm -hmm. and the relationships that I've built. Um, dude, I don't care about any of my photos at all. Um, wow. None of them make me proud, but the relationships that I've had with people around the world is mm -hmm. crazy. Like I never, ever, ever would be friends with these people from like Brazil or Morocco or France or, you know, like people that like don't look like me, don't talk like me, mm -hmm. you know, from my hometown. I've had the most beautiful friendships with over wow. the years. And um, those are the things that are, I'm the most proud about. It's a beautiful answer, right? Really beautiful. Shane, what about you? Do you feel being a big wave surfer has served you as a trader and investor? Yeah, for sure. There's Absolutely. a lot of like 
I mean, there's so many different, there's a lot of, there's, there's so many similarities between being a really high level big wave surfer and sort of all of the qualities that, that kind of add up to that. Mm-hmm. And then also being like a really great trader. Um, and I wish they translated a lot better even, but there, you know, just being super calm under pressure is probably the biggest one. You know, anybody who trades in a stock market, it knows about pressure, pressure situation. Like yeah. it's so easy to look at these big winning charts of Apple and Google and Tesla and be like, oh, that was so easy. That was so easy. All you had to do is pick the right one. But when you feel like you're in a war zone and bullets are flying and earnings reports are horrible or the reactions are horrible or some, you know, hit piece from some analyst on what just like it's constant. You feel like you're in the trenches every day. And these and like being able to like stay calm and stick to your process and stick to your rules and not make any emotional decisions. Mm -hmm. That's like big wave surfing. That's the exact same thing. So like when you're surfing really big waves, for me, I was trying to hit home runs. I I didn't want to ride 25 waves in a day. I wanted to ride a wave that I was going to remember for the rest of my life. Mm. And if I got that wave, even if it was the first one I rode that morning, I was done for the day. I would paddle back to the boat or the jet ski and relax and enjoy. And Mm -hmm. that's what I, that was. And so I try to kind of adopt that process into my trading where I try to really stick to my rules. I have rules that are written out and I keep them with me at all times. And then like sometimes after the bell or before the open in the morning, I'll read over my rules and, and, and really kind of, um, kind of make sure that I'm clear on the type of trader that I am, um, mm-hmm. uh, my, my process and, and how I trade. And I, I think that's probably the biggest thing is just try, trying to stay calm under pressure and be patient. I, I tend to, that's very common, right? With traders, I tend to overtrade. Mm-hmm. Probably, probably my biggest thing is always trying to to. I always feel like there's a trade to make, of course, like everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, but trying to be patient and being friends with Ryan and in the same group, I think that's helped me a bit of like learning patience. Like, you know, you don't have to be right all the time. You just you have to, you know, it's about handling the stock when you are right. It's easy to buy the winning stock. Yeah but it's also easy to get shaken out or mishandle it, you know? Yeah. That was so, the first thing, Ryan, uh, when I saw that you had won the award, you know, I reached out to Shane and I was like, cause you know, I knew what she won last year. And I was like, Oh, sorry, man. And he's like, yeah, he has an iron stomach, Ryan. And I was like, huh, who is this guy with the iron stomach? Mr. Who has a pretty strong stomach himself calling you a man with an iron stomach. So do you self-describe yourself like that, Ryan? Would you have ever used that as a term? Yeah, hundred percent. I sit through the craziest drawdowns, and I I wake up in the morning, and I go to sleep at night, and I look at how much money I've lost, and it just like my eyes just glass over, and I was just like, oh, "That's crazy. That was a craziest amount of money ever. I didn't think I'd even have this amount of the daily loss." I'll, at some point in time in my life, I don't think I would have ever even had that much wealth ever total. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. lost it all in one day. And it like, I don't do anything. I just go, oh, that was weird. Okay, see you tomorrow. And, um, but then I don't get like, and, and the flip side too, I'd see the mm-hmm. numbers go up and I don't freak out either. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. I was just going to, Shane was saying something a minute ago about, you know, being prepared for big wave surfing and this not so much with my trading, but more with me for work mm-hmm. uh, was a crazy story. One kind of one of the first times where I met Shane, like quite a bit over a decade ago. Um, I've kind of known in the photography world as like the most organized, the most on it, like the most, you know, technical savvy guy. Um, not the best photographer by any means, not even close, but definitely the most organized. And I flew over to Maui to stay at a buddy's house, Ian Walsh, um, who at the time, probably Ian and Shane at that moment in time were probably the two best big wave surfers in the world. Um, and Shane was staying with Ian also. And these I watched these guys get set up the night before and they just went through every the tiniest piece of equipment, every leash string, every canister and the inflation vest. They went through all of it the night before and then repacked and had everyone had three or four boards where other guys would have one board and one set of fins. Wow. These guys had three or four boards, five sets of fins, all their nutrition, all their hydration, yeah. everything ready to go, all their radio, just every single piece and tested all the night before. And then we woke up the next morning and it was going to be massive at Piahi. And um, they're looking at me going, Hey, are you okay? Did, did you have enough to eat last night? Do you need food for today? Do you have enough hydration? And I'm like, well, I'm good. I'm the cameraman on the back of the jet ski. And these guys were so switched on, wow. like to do their job so perfectly, they needed to make sure the cameramen were sorted out yeah. because if I goofed up, then it reflected poorly on them because they weren't getting the best images but like a million checklists to go through and they like did wow. everything. And I was like, Whoa, like I learned so much from Shane in that one 24 hour period that I like took back with me to work of like, wow, these guys are so prepared. Like yeah. I could be more prepared on my end it was super um, interesting to watch. It's such a great story. And it also just, I, I often say, you know, how you do one thing is how you do everything. And that's what that just gives evidence to. Like, you're not going to be operating like that as a surfer unless and and suddenly change as a trader or an investor. Like, it, it's a mindset. It's a mindset of being dedicated to all of those details. And that is also, I think, work ethic, you know. That's how I take it. It's a certain work ethic to realize that the more you put in, the more you're going to be able to extract. Yeah, I, I think I think we both really, um, you know, I think that's like the ethos of our lives. Both of us, Ryan and I, both have worked crazy hard our whole lives. And that's kind of how we got to where we are in the surf world yep. through pure hard work and preparation and like making zero excuses. And if like it's funny because in with with my trading stuff like if study like the amount and intensity of study equaled success i would be a trillionaire i'd be Mm -hmm. richer than jeff bezos because the amount of time i spend studying and listening to podcasts and 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 consuming content and audio books and reading books and watching long-form youtube videos of like top traders it literally is endless and, but it doesn't, it doesn't just like, that doesn't mean you're going to become a great trader. You right. know what I mean? Totally. But like over time, if you put in tons of work, I feel like the self-belief that you deserve the success 
That's the real lesson is because you can be a great trader, but you'll keep blowing yourself up unless you feel like you deserve the success. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. And and, and also like- can sleep at night that you have the confidence in your thesis and the confidence in your strategy that you yeah. tested it and had to prove itself repeatedly. That to me is why both of you can sleep at night because you both are confident that you've earned the right to trust what your strategies are. I was going to say, in addition, um, yeah, to being able to like stomach these big drawdowns. Well, I've seen the big, you know, draw ups um, also too. So that gives me a little bit of belief, but, you know, I also have, and I think about this a lot and I talk to the younger guys of like trying to have like multiple avenues of income and like not just (laughs) pound all your money into the market. Like I, you know, I have the photography business and my wife has a crazy successful ice cream business. Yes. And I have multiple long-term rentals and I do real estate development. Um, and then I invest in private equity and then I invest in the stock market too. So I have like all these different avenues of income. So I, I kind of feel like I'm not, I wouldn't love it if I blew myself up in the public markets, I'd be, would not be stoked at all. But if I did, my lifestyle wouldn't change because a lot of like my base income, which I base my, um, I base my like lifestyle spend off of comes from real estate and real estate development. And it's like super boring and I never talk about it, but um, it's this crazy cushion that I know like, Hey dude, if I go nuclear on my account, mm-hmm. uh, my lifestyle doesn't change at all. And I already really like my lifestyle. So yeah, it's nice to be a little bit diversified. Um, that helps me sleep at night as well. Let's just talk a little bit more about that because you're both examples of that. I presume everybody in this tribe is as well. That concept of those traders who are only trading, um, I think it potentially is a disservice to themselves because that sense of having multiple streams of income, first of all, gives you more peace of mind financially, which you have to be you can't have peace if you don't feel financially secure. So talk about that as well. Am I c- correct that everybody in this tribe has other streams of income? It's not just trading, not just investing. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, pretty much nobody in our trading group relies on trading for their income. Mm-hmm. It's more like growing their nest egg over time mm-hmm. yep. is the is the general idea. Um but yeah, I mean, everyone has like a normal job. Well, not a normal, like a, everybody has an abnormal job, I should say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> everyone has a yeah. crazy job. But all of us still rent out our man hours for money at the at this present moment. Yeah. 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 But I just think- it's a, We all kind of just like it too. Yeah. Yeah, I get I that. Kinda, I get we that. We all just like our job. So we kind of just stay in. Yeah, for sure. How it's pretty first. funny though, Kim. It's pretty funny because there's a couple of guys in our group that are like, literal world champion surfers and they're highly intelligent and like super smart guys mm-hmm. and they're the best at what they do like literally at something that like millions of people would kill to be as good as them mm-hmm. and sometimes they aren't the best at trading and it's so it's got to be so hard to to stomach the mm-hmm. idea that you can't get it right yeah. with the trading stuff. Yeah. But trading is really, really hard. And the yeah. things that those, the, the, you know, <laughs> the only reason that they're so good at surfing is because they've put in thousands and thousands and that's, thousands of hours into something that had extreme passion about. 
Yeah. And that's the only way that you're like for trading, like for it's different with investing. Like, you know, you can just be really have a really, really good knack of identifying great companies long-term and then have a strong stomach and, you know, be kind of at the tip of the spear, as Ryan said, as far as like, you know, having a really good eye for like seeing emerging technology and innovation and trends, but like for trading, like trading, trading, like mm -hmm. unless you're really passionate about it, forget about it. Yeah. Yeah. You should it's, be doing something else, you know? It's it's the most competitive game in the world that never ends. And I also think it's just like the ultimate school of enlightenment because it's going to reflect back to you every place that you have an attachment where your ego is involved, what you're uh, afraid to miss out on. Like all of it is going to be just spotlit by the market. It just, it just seems to find every shadow that anybody, ha any dragon they haven't been with is going to come up and out in the trading. So I think it's a great school of enlightenment, but it's hard. It's going to yeah. be hard. Well, you uh, get to know yourself really well when yes. you become a trader. It's yes. funny too, because I feel like younger guys feel like they're up against a casino in the stock market. Yeah. They feel like they're, that's, I think that's how they approach it. Like they're, they're right. kind of like that gambling mentality where if they're up, they're getting money from some force of nature. It's like the casino and they're, you know, they're making money from the casino basically. Yeah. The man, the man, the way they yeah. describe it, it's crazy. Where like, I look at it like you're competing, like you said, like you're competing with the smartest people on the planet exactly. and they are whip sharp and just savage about taking your money exactly. and, and the smartest computers on the planet now. You know, sure. like you're literally competing with artificial intelligence mm -hmm. as a, as a trader these days. Yep. And a shorter time time frame, the the more you're competing with those with those entities, those people, and those computers. And like, you know, they say like eighty percent of people who try to invest and trade their own money end up losing it, it all or underperforming the S and P by hundred by much higher. I've heard like, higher than that. Is that what it is? Yeah, you probably so. yeah. So I mean you know, five or 10% of the people are taking 90% of the people's money. Yep. And that is a competitive landscape. And so, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I just, I just tend to like, always remember that when, when I start thinking about making trades. For sure. Know? It keeps you, it keeps you humble. And I do think trading is harder for those who are in a sense, at the top of their game. And, and you see this a lot too with people who come uh, out of like the corporate world where they've had a lot of success. I can imagine it's the same in sports. When you are at the top of that food chain and then you go into the market and are so humbled, it, it, that sense of, if I just work harder, then because that you can't help but take what got you to the top of your success in the other industry you're coming from and think that's what you have to apply to trading. But it's just a whole, it's like a paradigm of a different world and isn't just working hard. That's what, that's what kind of strikes me about what you both uh, got, how you both got lit up about investing in the first place and trading was it, that sense of seeing something outside of just working hard. Not that you both aren't willing to work hard, but there's like that big picture thinking that I think is really, it's so part of what has to get developed for traders. 
that ability to see that big picture because that is what you're up against. It isn't It isn't just another trader. It's all traders that you're up against. How do you think strategically when you're in that situation? Uh, yeah, I 100% I agree. I, I was going to say that um, to, to people out there watching, like if you're newer to trading, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sure a lot of your viewers are newer to trading. Like, like if you're like if you're a young a, a young person or that is newer to trading, I would really encourage you to start a group like we've we've done. Um, whether it's like an existing friend group or it's people that you know that are interested in the stock market, um, mm -hmm. because you learn so much as you go and to and to have mentors that you can ask questions mm -hmm. uh, from and just kind of grow with is super super productive and interesting. And then for people who are you know, they say the best, the best way to learn something that you're passionate about is to teach it. And I feel like that's really, really on, like, that's really, really, really accurate. Yeah. I feel like the more I've tried to, to, to help other people mm -hmm. um, understand trading, it may, it forces me to take a real hard look at my own trading yep. um, and be super transparent about my own process and like really ask the tough questions as, and and try to refine my process over time mm -hmm. and i feel like we've you know I, I i feel like the both of us have become much better investors and traders being part of this group so i would yeah. i would encourage people watching this to to start their own groups it's a ton of fun and you learn a yeah. lot yeah the diversity of all of the participants style of trading uh i presume is all, all different styles is that correct you guys it's wild and because it's one year yeah you kind of have to go a little bit bigger so it's a separate account than our real accounts obviously um <laughs> or no actually one guy trades his real account okay um, but because it's a one-year time frame it's a little bit hard to like you know use your same style you have to be a little bit more aggressive mm -hmm. so some guys end up that the second the guys touch the option button their account is gone immediately they just go they just try to they, yeah you can trade anything in our competition okay, that's, so, that's what i'm curious so you can trade crypto or crypto stocks or mm -hmm. options or anything so okay the second it's been kind of a uh been kind of funny that the second anyone touches the options buttons they're gone see you later you're paying for dinner <laughs> is there is there any uh parameters or basic template rules that you could share that somebody could potentially adopt on their own yeah. So like talking to guys, I have a lot of people in my DMs this last um, month or so, because they've kind of seen it gone on the last four or five years on social media. And it, mm -hmm. like, I, I hope that we convey it in like a really positive light and is like, you know, convey it more to like the sense of like camaraderie and friendship mm -hmm. and helping mm -hmm. other people than like, hey, look at my trophy. Look how oh. cool this is. Um, and, you know, and that is the goal, really. Um so I have a lot of people in my DMs of like, oh, I'm so interested in this. And I kind of just tell them like, hey, you sh totally should do this. You totally should get your friends together, yep. you know, whatever, get five, 10, three friends together. Um, yeah, the only rules are, it's really nice to be on the same platform. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we use Robinhood because none of us use Robinhood for our real trading. So it's easy for, to have like a little kind of account. Yep. Uh, money doesn't matter. Just got to have your funds in by Gen 1. And then you can't add or subtract funds as you go. And then we re report um, our percentage gains, our one month totals at the end of every month, and then our year to date total at the end of every month also. 
And um, yeah, that's it. You can trade anything though. Anything okay. Robinhood has to offer. You can go in with leverage. You can trade options. You can trade crypto. You can, you know, buy some slugs and just sit on them and you can mm. sit in cash. Wow. Um, if you want to. And, you know, some years, you know, the last two years have been crazy down or two years before last year. Mm -hmm. You know, you, I think you would have won the contest in cash maybe one year. Yeah, for sure. If you had, yeah, if, if, if you were flat for the year, you would have won one of the years. Pretty crazy. That's why. I think the biggest thing, Kim, to like, if I was going to, I was, I, I, I think what Miller said is, is perfect, but I'll add to that is like, I think the biggest thing is like, what's the, what's the goal with starting yeah. a group? Yeah. Like what's the real goal? Like, like, like the real goal is number one is having a group of friends that are all enjoying themselves. And then number two, just as important is getting better at this thing that you're interested in. Right. Yeah. So for me, I want to get, I want to become the best trader I possibly can. Yeah. Like I just obsessed with it. I'm like trying to shave one stroke off my golf game. That's yeah. what I'm trying to do over like a five-year period. If I can do that, I'll be so stoked. And so that is my goal. And then the other goal is to like have a great friend group and like bond with these men who I, I really have a ton of respect for and yeah. who I love like interacting with and having fun with. Okay. But like the pride part and the ego part is so huge. And I, I, I hate to say this, but especially with men, mm -hmm. I think it's less so with women. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I think that's why statistically women are really great traders, like really, yeah. really great because they have less ego and less pride that they're battling against. Um, and so they're able to follow rules a lot better and they're processed and be really, really um, process-based where yeah. men follow it until the shit hits the fan. And then they throw the rules out the window because they're emotional. They don't want to take a loss. And exactly. anyway, so I think the biggest thing with us, and we've had this in the past is we've had members in our group that we had to get out of our group because they weren't participating when things got bad. Yeah. Yep. And Agreed. Great. Instead of participating and being transparent and be like, Hey, yeah. I'm having a horrible month or I'm having a horrible year, yeah. but I'm still going to participate. Here's my month end totals. I'm down 20% for the month. But the shame is really hard to right. you know, battle. And just if that's something that anybody's listening to here and you struggle with that, I just want to say like the culture has set you sort of up to be uh, beholden to feeling ashamed of that. And that's why I'm such an advocate of a documentary, which is called The Mask You Live In. And it's specific about how young boys and men get conditioned very early to feel this sense of shame if they're not producing. And it's it. the only way you can get free of it is you have to look that dragon in the eye. Um, and another thing I'm going to give a shout out to is Mankind Project. It's a men's group only, not, you know, affiliated with anybody. It's a nonprofit, but it is a facilitation of men really being able to kind of transcend uh, that brainwashing. And I've had a lot of clients, male clients that I've sent to it who found it to just be game changing, not just for their personal life, but for their trading and for their investing. Because until you shed that, you're not really free. You're going yeah. to be constantly triggered. So I'm really glad you brought that up, Shane, because sure. I think it, it's, it's, it gets a lot of guys out of this 
uh, industry. They they can't stay in it because the market most of the times it you can you can have a bad trade and you can have a losing trade. Peter Brandt says this in Jack Schwager's book Unknown Market Wizards. There is a huge difference between a bad trade and a losing trade. And if a guy doesn't separate their identity from that, they're going to yeah. collapse the two all the time. And it's just such such a disservice to them. And and for people that are considering starting a group, I think setting up that culture in your group right away is important. Um, and and we've had that too. Like we're like we have a rule now. Like if you don't if you don't participate for two months, you're out. Wow. Like if you, if you don't if you, at the end of the month if you don't put your put your number in. Yep. And then at the end of the next month, if you don't put your number in, you're out. You're out of the group. That's um, fabulous. That's fabulous. So number one is we're here to get better. Yep. Yep. And and keep it positive. And so and be a community. You're in a yeah. community. And that's community, what it's all about. You don't get and, shut down on the shitty days. Right. And we we have some friends that started a group like this, and they were all excited about the group because they saw how positive it was in our, in our lives. And they started their own group and they stopped their group because the market was doing bad and they were doing bad. And so they just stopped, um, which is, you know, that, that just means that they're maybe they're not passionate about it also. But if you're yeah. truly passionate about it, like start your own group and set up that culture for your group and yeah. make those rules of like, hey, you have to participate in good times and in bad times. That's you know? right. Hell yeah. Just like life. We don't get to check out the, the shit that's so right. bad. Like that's, right. that's when it counts. That's when it yeah. counts. All right, guys, yeah. we're going to close it up. Any last words you guys want to say about the advocacy of doing this? Uh, what? Who's going to win next year? I want some predictions. I want to uh, kind of final thoughts for me would be, yeah. um, you know, my kind of most proud moments on the giving end, um, mm -hmm. it happened just yesterday afternoon. Wow. We, me and Shane and um, two of the younger guys, we are all, you know, on the sauna and ice bath together. And we had, one of the guys is um, having a kid pretty soon. And, um, you know, me and Shane had the exact same answers. We were talking about the kid and we we're like, oh, you got to set up a 529 college fund with them right now. And then, then they get a Roth IRA, like the second they get their social security number and you could fund it to 6,500 bucks. And then when they're old enough, you can give them a 1099 and write that off on your taxes. And then they pay a lower tax rate, you know, if they legitimately do some work for your business, um, which like my kid does, he helps me edit sometimes. Nice. And um, that was just yesterday. And I was like, well, that was so cool that like we, me and Shane both had that information and have that for our kids. Yeah. And we got to hand this down to this guy in 10 minutes and give to still all this information to him. And then maybe on the receiving end, the biggest uh, like pride moments for me have been um, when we were in COVID, we like kept the group going super strong. Mm -hmm. And I was in New Jersey and a lot of these guys were in Hawaii and I didn't see them because we didn't do the tour right. and I didn't come to Hawaii. And I was like super, a lot of my friends are the friends that I travel with on the road and yeah. um, I wasn't on the road. So it was like, holy crap, like all my friends are in this little phone every day. And I wake up to a hundred texts from Hawaii and like, it was just really nice to have a real positive, yeah. um, you know, group of friends. And those moments um, were kind of some of my highlights. It's like, it's like a, a lifeline truly to, to, cause it's all about connection. And in, in my experience, we can have that connection and we can get through anything if we have that connection. And that's what it feels like this tribe has done for all of you is giving you all a sense of connection and I feel like anything can be endured. 
if you have that. For sure. Yeah. And who's going to win? I don't know. Shane again, three Pete. Can't be giving this trophy out to anyone else. <laughs> no, we, we, we're, we're super excited. We, we hope that someone else wins for sure. And we're, we, you know, I, I would like nothing more than to, to, to give the trophy to someone new this year and, and the battle is on for sure. It's been, it's already been a wild 2024 just in one month, you know, so it's, it's going to be interesting regardless. We're like kind of all, right. kinda all really rooting for the guy that lost two years in a row to win. Like I, I crazy wanted to win last year. I won once and I wanted to like really tick that ego box of like, that wasn't a fluke. Yes. And like two yep. very different styles too. Yep. And I, once I won twice, like I super wanted to win last year, big time. And then the second I won, I was like, okay, I would really love for the guy that lost <laughs> to win this year. And we were like, the whole first month we were encouraging him so much like okay so we're all down like don't blow yourself up just that's right and catch and well, I'll, uh i'll be happy like, to cheering him on i'll donate a coaching session to him if he's open to that to see if we can uh, get awesome. him on the that. other side of it see that's if awesome. he see if he thank wants you. one thank you that'd okay. be really cool Okay, good. All right. Well, you. I want to see the pajamas when the pajamas are printed. And right. uh, let's stay in touch. And then if you guys are open to it, or the winner is open to it next year, let's have you guys come back. This is such an inspiring conversation. Um, so tell us where you both are right now, just for people to have context. We are um, on the North Shore of Oahu in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. We have and, a couple of events going on. We have the event at Pipeline going on right now. And then Sunset okay. Beats will be next week. Okay. Um, yeah, so we're usually in Hawaii for like January, February. Okay, good. Well, I hope the rest of the time that goes great. Good luck with the markets, gentlemen. And thank you for coming on this podcast today. It was a great Thanks conversation.